Welcome to the Bearded Bros Podcast, featuring Steven. Speaking of uh, hitting somebody, that's yeah. it's good sexy time. Yeah, now we're getting a little, it's getting warm in here. Maybe it's the self-conscious side of me, like, am I the needy one in the relationship? I feel like we kind of qualify as an educational podcast. Charles. Remember that American uh, Eddie Vedder movie where he's an African prince? Butter my wanker. I hand them my card, and they just usually give me whatever I want. Fuck it, I'm just going to drink it. And me, Keith, your host. Guys, this is great fucking radio. Fuck off. Gilmore Girls is one of the best shows ever created. Guys, guys, I'm a lover. I only hate Nazis, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Everton, Bad Drivers, Billionaires, and Olives. Now... Let's get the show started. Bearded Bros Podcast is brought to you by Rogue Chance, Nashville SC's newest supporters group. Be loud, be proud, keep the tempo. All right, and welcome to another episode of Bearded Bros Podcast. This is the season where, and I quote, we should grow a beard because that's when seasons get good is when you grow a beard. So what the hell is he talking? What is he talking about? You've never heard the term grow a beard for like a television show? No. Okay. So it goes back to Star Trek, the next generation. And they stated that Star Trek got good once Riker grew a beard. So now they turn to shows that aren't so good in their first season or two and state when they get good, they've grown a beard. I think you totally made that up. I'm not saying that people don't say that, but I don't <laughs> think a lot of people say that. I mean, maybe one person yeah. says that. <laughs> Someone told you that. I think you should look it up. You'll be surprised at what you see online. Just well, stating yeah, for the is. record. Are you saying you do your own research, Keith? I do do my own research. Okay. Anyways, welcome to season three. A Bearded Bros podcast. I just Googled it. Now I found naked pictures of Riker with a beard. There's worse things to look at. Well, guys, it's been a few months since we've done the podcast. So yeah, can you tell? That's <laughs> comedic timing. <laughs> so how have y'all been? Just well. Yeah, doing pretty good. I feel like I've seen y'all guys since our last podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, Keith, because the last podcast was in December. Yeah, because it was the end of episode or season two. And you were just at my house like three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And you were in my house like three weeks before that. Yeah. It was fun. You know, and the reason we need so much time between seasons is the production. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to edit. We have to plan. A, a lot of work to, that goes into this. Takes a long time for Keith to grow a beard. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, why don't we jump right into it? And who wants to start with their first beer of the week? I do. Okay, Charles, go for it. All right. So I got an old standby, Odell. Everybody likes Odell, right? Everybody knows Odell? Yeah, of course. But I've never had Yuzu. Oh, like I've had yuzu tea. Okay. It's yeah, like I think orange. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. a type of orange. And uh, I always hear about yuzu used on Top Chef and everything. So let's try. Charles is stretching his culinary palate. That's right. I do like to try new things. This is called Solarized. It's a double IPA, the yuzu double IPA. Uh, it's got to be 
turtle on the front. And that's a pretty cool can. I like Odell's cans. Do I need to say anything about Odell? They've been around a long time. Since the 70s. Can say whatever uh, the fuck you want. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody knows them. I'd be surprised if you didn't. This is your I beer, mean, Charles. Really? You can spend as much time, as long as you keep it tight, about the beer that you're drinking. Keep what tight? What are you talking about? Keep it tight. Hey, we're trying to keep this to a tight amount of time. You're the one talking about growing beer. You're just bringing in obscure knowledge from your Star Trek Discord server or whatever. Yeah, you're probably a member of it too, so... All right, so um, it's a beer. It's a double IPA. Odell, been around a long time, and uh, take a whiff of it. Does not smell like a double. It smells like a hazy. It smells delicious. It's doubly hazy. It's good. Um, you want some? Orangey? Yeah, why not? I like to do this part because it makes Keith jealous. It makes us sad that you're not here, too, to taste our beers. It's pretty drinkable for a double. Definitely has that like um, yeah, it's pretty good. Sticks to your sticks to your palate kind of double IPA double IPA thing going. I don't think I could recognize a yuzu. You can, it smells orangey. Yeah, it does. but it doesn't taste it. But that's not bad. Like it's good. good. Yeah, it's good. I'm gonna throw this bad boy back. You gotta give it a rating. Oh, all these rating. things you forget about because it's been three months since we did a podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna give this. Um, Four out of four people on the internet that say growing a beard makes the season better. That's a pretty pretty strong. You, do you, just out of curiosity, are you just assuming there's only four people that say this? Yeah, if that. But I mean, there are communities. There's communities for everything and everybody. So I'm sure there's a people who believe that growing a beard enhances a season group of four. Yeah, he's googling it right now. There's there's 72 people on this subreddit. Keith, move, move on. The timing is already atrociously <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. So who wants to go next with beer? Steven, you want to go? Mine out. So I, one of my favorite things about when friends come to visit is that they tend to drink way too much, like on the last kind of night that we mm-hmm. all have together. And then they're really optimistic. So they go and buy like three cases of beer. And then when they have to leave the next day to drive home, I guess they're just like hungover and they look at the beer in the cooler and they're like, is it worth my effort to take it out of the cooler and like put it in something else? And they say no. And they leave all the beer at my house. So I have a variety of beers that were left at my house so this is by, by Keith and Nick. Hold so, on. To be um, fair, we went through a lot of fucking beer that last night. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining. Um no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's all part of the strategy. Now, I also think that Nick should come more often because when Keith leaves, it tends to be a bunch of like double IPAs, which is not bad. That's good. It's delicious, right? But Nick comes and gets like a bunch of like lagers and like different variety beers and stuff like that. So this beer is courtesy of Nick. So I have a camp beer by Lost 40. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not hold on, that's not courtesy of Nick. Okay. Weiss trying to steal Nick's thunder. I I brought that beer. From where? From, from Lost Nashville? 40. No, it's from Arkansas. It's from Little Rock. Oh, because it just showed up in that last night, so I just assumed. Well, I'm drinking it, Keith. I, I'm opening it. Hope that's it's, okay. it's really good, that Hellas, yeah. Okay. Will you tell people what it is? Because I don't know what Hellas is. It's a lager. That's all I know. He- Hellas is... German in nature. Yeah, it's, it's just a style of lager that tends to be a little bit darker than your normal lager. Okay, and Camp... Or Lost 40, I guess, is in Arkansas. Correct. And it and sounds this, like they serve tacos. This is their second location, which is funny because it's only like 
a block from their main location, but they created this like summer camp vibe kind of tap room where they release um, stuff that you can't get at their normal tap room. So it has this like summer camp. You're sitting at a table eating your dinner and drinking a camp beer. It's just, it's a pretty cool place. Nice. Okay. I'm going to drink it. Yeah. That sounds like a All right. So I'm looking at it. It looks like a beer. It smells like almost nothing, which isn't necessarily bad for like a lager. It's a little lagery smelling. Taking my sip. Tastes like, yeah, it tastes kind of, it's like, tastes like a lager. It's good. It's better than a, you know, your typical American kind of Pilsner style lager. Mm-hmm. I'm just making shit up at this point. Um, it's good. I like it. Yeah, it's got something that I don't not very familiar with. It doesn't. That's it, not bad. It's, yeah, it's good. It doesn't have like the sweetness of a lot of lagers, like mm-hmm. from like the rice sugar and all that kind of shit. Yeah, um, yeah it's good. Um, I'm gonna give this. Uh, so it's all about tacos and beer on the can. I'm gonna give it four out of six tacos because I think that more places should sell six packs of tacos because that's just a nice amount of tacos to share with friends. Just makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense. So four to six tacos. All right, Keith, passing it to you, buddy. All right. So one of the things, I I don't know if you guys are over it as much as I'm over it. Um, I'm kind of over the whole haze thing. Like, Charles, I know you like it because they tend to be a little juicier. Um, For me, I'm just over it. They tend to seem to be a little bit more acidic, a little more full, so you can only drink a couple of them. So I was excited when I was at the store yesterday and found a beer that just simply says West Coast IPA. This is from Highwire. And what what is Highwire? Is that a Nashville place? Highwire is a brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. Seems like they have a pretty good beer community. Yeah. Yeah, Asheville has one of the largest, or it has the, it's not the most per capita, but it's one of the most per capita in the country. I definitely want to go there. I feel like something has to go with the phrase, the most per capita. The most breweries per capita. Okay, thank you. (laughs) The most per capita. Oh, this I've heard about Asheville, they got a lot of per capita. Yeah, they do. It's everywhere. This, This is very good. Very, very good. It's it's piney, it's resinous, um, it's not quite as clear as I would want it to be for a West Coast, um, but it does have all of those like floral notes that you look for, you know, like you almost get a whiff of like fresh cut grass when you first get the smell of it. Fucking fantastic. So I'm going to give this six out of six mountain peaks in the Catahoula Valley. Six out of six. Catahoula. Perfect mountain peaks. Mm. Is it just beers? Have we? Has Keith kind of evolved into a bit of a beer snob? Um, no, he'll drink any. Like, it's not a criticism, but like, you know, he's saying it's not as clear as I want it to be, like yeah. things like that. I, I'm kind of liking this 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 evolved Keith, this beer expert. You know, what you need to get Keith a brewery because that well, would be okay, nice. that too. But <laughs> in, in lieu of a brewery, you could get your Sisyphus license, Cicerone. I am a I am a Cicerone. Oh, you are a Cicerone already. Yeah, no. yeah. We were. Yeah, he's only like a level one. Yeah, he's like yeah. You need yeah, to, I'm just a level one, but I am need, a. Cicerone. You need to do some some farming. You need to level up. Yeah. Um, out we were at Barrow last weekend yep. when they had their big sixth anniversary party, and the dude that used to own the local homebrew shop was bartending. I don't know if you noticed that. Do you know that guy? Remember him from Blackhawk? He used to own Blackhawk. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was bartending. I was talking to him. He gave me his card. 
Cicerone. <laughs> that was cool. I guess he has like a some other company too, but mm-hmm. yeah, he he's like their beer consultant now. Go, comes in and like does tastings with their bartenders and their brewers and stuff. I want to become a Cicerone so I can figure out what resinous means. Yeah, me too. I think you know what resinous means. I don't. I don't know what resinous means. I mean, it, re, when I I don't know what resinous would taste like. I mean, I would. I guess sticky. Is that what you're saying? It's like resin-like? I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I it, the resinous is like, you know, when you rub your finger, like you crush a hop cone and rub your fingers and it's a little sticky and that smell that you get off of that, that's what I'm talking about. Hmm. Gotcha. The smell, the not smell. the feel. So not the feel, but the smell. Yeah, it's more like that fresh hop flavor. Gotcha. Learn something new every time you talk to a Ciceroni. Yep. And what, and what are these mountains? Oh, in the Catahoula Valley, they are the six rug- most rugged peaks in this Great Smoky Mountains. Okay. It's uh, also but they're not they, in the valley, right? They create the valley? Yeah, because mountains create, in, a, in a valley yeah, they, would be weird. The mountains create the valley. Okay. And also, it's where they reintroduced elk into the oh. eastern portion of the United States. <laughs> I love how he always has these fun facts. Yeah. Keith is elk. <laughs> I feel like he learns a lot of this from that. What was that stupid game he tried to get us to play about national parks? I mean, that, oh, great, yeah. that great game that he tried to get us to play about national parks. No, actually, I, I learned all of this from when I was doing research when we were going out there. Oh, yeah. Keith is a researcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that? I feel like you can't see old Charles. I'm going to get closer to the mic so everybody can hear me. Yep, got to hear Charles. All right, guys. So why don't we go ahead and move into our next segment of the week, which is music. Hey, guys. Want to check out my mixtape? It's got a bunch of bands you've never heard of before. And Let's who wants to go first? I'll go first because this was this was my bad idea, um, if I remember correctly, way back in December. No, this so, was Charles's idea. Charles I was it. this one. I think it was cooperation. I didn't, I didn't initiate. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. It was, yeah. No, I, I think I think I might have suggested it under a million because we were trying to promote yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. So the the challenge that we had was. Um, was we could only add songs that had less than a million views and bonus points for less than yeah keep that that like two seconds ago i'm gonna go back and pull up the last episode and find that clip and put it in just so Uh everybody knows that i did not add it two seconds ago it wasn't one of the lost episodes keith um, no, it was in now, a Festivus episode. I will say, though, that there was one problem with this little challenge being combined with a four-month intermission between episodes, and that is some of the songs that I had identified have since become kind of popular and now have over a million views. So I, I don't I give a shit about y'all's too. rules, so I just put them on there anyway. For once, Keith's not the hipster. You are. Yeah, I guess so. Um <laughs> So I kind of put a lot on here, too. How many do we want to go over? Because I can talk about some next time. Or is this the only time we're going to talk about this week? No, we're going to do two weeks. Um, okay. I put six on. How many did you put on? Holy shit, I, there's 20 in here. Well, I put like two by... They're all the same artists. I'll just talk about the artists. Always get bigger. So, which is okay. So my first artist is someone that I'm kind of infatuated with lately. And that's Sierra Farrell, who is a... Uh, she's very... Very bluegrassy is probably what I would qualify her as. Um, we saw her last year. Um, she's touring all over the place. She's 
she's becoming very popular. We heard one of her songs yesterday on some random show that Lauren was watching. I can't remember what it was. Um, but she has a very, very old school kind of sound to her um, that I really appreciate. Doesn't hurt that she's beautiful and she seems like just a badass lady. So um, I really like her. So there's two songs on there. One of them is called Made Like That and one is called Hey Me, Hey Mama. Made Like That only had like 200,000 views when I added it back in December. And that's what we used to start the podcast. Hey, hey, it's mama. It's 400. I went and checked. No, it has over a million now. I looked. I said 400 when I checked earlier today. Well, that's what, when I looked on my phone, it said it had like a million. Maybe that's how many times I've listened to it. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, she's really good. And I highly recommend um, if you get a chance to see her live, just because, I don't know. I just think she's a badass. She's cool. Um, okay. <clears throat> the next one is a band that I discovered not well, I don't say discovered, like I didn't give them a contract, but like I encount I came across them um I don't know a few months ago and they uh they only have one album that I know of and it's kind of old, so I don't really know what happened to them, but they seem really talented. I'm guessing it might be either a collaboration or they went on to different bands or something. But they're called Iron Eyes Cody. And the the girl's voice just is one of those voices that kind of like gives me chills, so I really like it. So there's two songs from that. And if we're trying to highlight people that are not known, I would be remiss if I didn't add uh, one of my heroes, who is Steve Pulse, who is a long, 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 long time traveling musician. He uh, His kind of claim to fame, if you will, or the way he made his money in the music industry is he wrote um, Jewel's big hit. Pieces, Pieces of You. Pieces of You. Yeah, yeah. the album. Um, and so you see this guy and he's like, he's just awesome live. Like you can tell he, I, I would say that he makes his living as an opening act. He would, He is the perfect opening act for any concert because he's super entertaining. He's a storyteller. He's kind of weird, but not in a creepy way. Just in like the most wholesome if you took the biggest kind of drugged out looking surfer dude you could find in put like, a, in, like the, in country music community type situation, right? And um, just made him like super wholesome. That's Steve Poltz. And he's mm -hmm. awesome. And if you follow him on Instagram, he posts these multi-paragraph rambling posts that are like half poetry, half like stream of consciousness that are just super entertaining to me. And I, I just, I, I find him just incredibly endearing and I really like the guy. Um, so Steve Poltz is on there and then almost done. And then the next one is the deer, which the deer is an Austin band. Mm -hmm. And we saw these, these ladies not too long ago, Charles bought me the album that I actually put two songs on. Um, the deer are really good. Highly recommend. And then Sir Woman, who is also uh, tied to Austin. You like Sir Woman? Yeah. So that, I didn't. That, that is Austin. Yeah. She's uh, she's part of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big band. Yeah. Uh, Wild Child. Yeah. Wild yep. Child. Yep. So yep. Wild Child didn't make the cut because they're too popular. Right. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's one of one of the one of the people from Wild Child. She's gonna be at Old Settlers. Sir oh. Woman is gonna be at Old Settlers. No. That's pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then the next one is Goose, which we've talked about Goose a little oh. bit before. Does it have to be folk? I don't know. I thought we were going Americana. Folk, yeah, no, folk or Americana. Right. Goose will guy not fit. Goose is very jam bandy, but um, they've they're becoming incredibly popular, and I think they're just a cool story because they kind of came out of the pandemic, and I think they did it right because before the pandemic, nobody really knew about them, 
during the pandemic, they did a lot of like from home concerts and live streams that were free, kind of built up an audience base. And now they are kind of like all like they are the band that all of like the fish fans are going. They're starting to to, go, to, to build a community around yeah. stuff like that. And Goose is they're I think they're really cool. And it's just groovy music. So I put a couple songs from there. And that's it. So I put um uh, more than. I was supposed to, but well, there's no fair. more. It's really kind of just an arms race. Yeah, you know, can you put more than Keith? Then you might have succeeded in that. Well, Keith always ups the number. But right? you're also trying to highlight an artist, yep. and some of their songs have over a million, but they have a lot that don't. So I tried to like just grab a couple songs that you know. Right. So, and I want to one up Keith. Yeah. First of all, I always had six. <laughs> okay, six. Because yeah, we used That's to yell at you for not doing that. All right. I think so, I think the original number was like three or four. Yeah, I think it was. But it just it evolves. That's okay. I, I like evolution. So. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and jump into mine since mine are next on the list, and I actually have the amount of listens for each of mine. So, oh, ooh, that's really good. The researcher. So first is a band that's a little more popular, but this is not a popular, a huge hit for them. Although I love it, and the band is White Horse. And the song is, I want to make promises. So it's just really cool. It starts with just bass guitar and acoustic guitar and slowly builds through the entire thing. One of the starting lines is, I want to go into Ikea, get pissed off, um, go home and fuck on unassembled furniture from the moving truck. I I just think it's a great fucking line. Um, So I love that song. Next, I have a song that just came out. reminds me of my... uh... My life. Every time we go to IKEA, we like fight, but we don't go home and fuck afterwards. So next is um, William Prince, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. He has a new song with Serena Ryder called Sing Me a Song. Um, I really love like the back and forth in the song. Both of their voices are really beautiful. The song is just gorgeous. Um, It has 134,000 listens so far. Uh, next I have boy golden, the year that Clayton Delaney died. Um, this almost has like a more Americana version of Leonard Skinner's Curtis, the ballad of Curtis Lowe. Um, but I really dig the song a lot and it has 16,000 lessons. Um, then we have Red Hill Valley anymore. This song is really cool. I I don't really want to give anything away. It's a great listen. Lyrically, it's fantastic. Um, 6,000 listens. I'm going for bonus points, as you can tell. Um, finally, winner today, Keith. And then two more T Buckley wildfire. I think this is just a really groovy Americana song. It's really fun to listen to. A little powerful. Um, And then finally, Clever Hopes made you mad. Um, Oh, T. Buckley had 2,000 listens. And Clever Hopes has 5,000 listens. But this Clever Hopes song, I've I've probably given them 2,500 listens. Um, It's just this back and forth between an ex-husband and ex-wife. And it kind of walks through the relationship and what it's like after, like it's the final verse. Um, Really cool song. I really dig it a lot. Pretty emotional if you actually listen to it. Um, But yeah, those are mine. Very nice. Well done, Keith. Can't wait to hear them. All right, Charles. I have no idea what my listens are, uh, but uh, what I got first on here. Martian I'm, I'm curious about this one. 
I'm gonna check. Uh, this would have been a good one for their drinking playlist. What? Oh, I mean, they probably have no listens. They might have. I mean, let's be honest. Um, Martian Folk is uh, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Uh, he's the bar. He's a bartender at uh, at Barrow. He used to be. He was like, uh, yeah. Okay, but they they do they play a lot of little local gigs and stuff like that. Um, it's a pretty wholesome song about drinking. It's very catchy, very poppy. I consider it folk. I mean, they're Martian folk, so I mean, I feel yeah. like you have to consider it folk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, yeah. So, but it is pretty poppy. It's a, it's a good little listen. Very lighthearted. And then next, I think I have Buck Meek. Do you guys know who Buck Meek is? I am I've, not familiar. I've heard of him from you. Okay. He's uh, He went on to form a little band you might know, Big Thief. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's from uh, like Witherly, Texas, little tiny town just uh, just west of San Marcos. Oh, Wimberley. Wimberley, yeah, Wimberley. Um, and uh, so, little town dude was doing you know country music and stuff here. Moved to the big city, you know, started doing big thief stuff. So, but I think it's pretty good. He's got some songs with some pretty heavy listens, but uh, just good, good old folk music. I think I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Then next, I have the oh, the name of the song is Second Sight. Uh, Drinking Night was the Martian folk one. Next, we have a song called Nashville Blues by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, <laughs> which I, is a big band. I think I don't really listen to this style of music, so I wouldn't know. Uh, this is just kind of a bluegrass jam. I think I don't even think it has any vocals. Do you think it might be a cover? Well, just the title of it. But when yeah. I listen to it, I think you're right. It's just it's well, their just story is kind of so. unique because they were kind of a SoCal band, uh, and then they came to Nashville to get their chops. And usually, when bands do that, they came out in like the this early '70s, late '60s, or something like that, kind of along with the Yardbirds. I think the Yardbirds kind of did the, try to do the same thing, and Nashville said, "Fuck you, get out. Mm -hmm. you're, you're just you're kind of just using this as like a, you know you're taking advantage of us." But they actually really embraced the music and really tried to integrate the music, and in fact, their music changed because of going to Nashville. So it might be a cover, but I, I oh no, I, I, I was I guarantee it wasn't the okay. song I'm thinking of. This this uh, this came out in 1972. Okay, so yeah. Anyways, uh, it got a decent amount of plays, but this is probably a band that you know. People should maybe revisit a little bit. Um, and I just liked it. And then the last one I have is one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, Good Old War. Uh, this song's called Window. Um, they are very poppy, very folky. Uh, I saw them open for Joshua Radin, and I probably have told this story a thousand times, but the, just the happiness on their faces as they played made me super happy. And it's, you know, I was in love, basically. I, I just love everything they do. Um, yeah. And today I learned that the good old war, every, their name, each of their individual names, they each have a part. So somebody has like Goodman, something, I forget exactly, Warzowski or something like that. So that's like a combination of their three names. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it, I think they're a fantastic band if you can see them live because uh, they'll make you happy. And we all need to be happy. Yeah. Everybody deserves to be happy. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Wise words. Yep. And I just put four because I can't ever remember what number we're supposed to hit. I got others backed up to go for next time. But. Yeah, I've got another 15 or 20 I've got to break down to decide what I'm going to use next time. Yeah. I'm going to find one with with zero lessons. I'm going to upload a song to Spotify just to want to keep. It's going to be me like playing a zoo or something. And thanks right, to the Beard Bros podcast family, it's going to get up to a million. That's right. Hey, 
Speaking of which, before we wrap up the music section, two things. This season of Bearded Bros, we're going to try something new. Oh, we are. Oh, we're going to try something new that none of us know about except me. All right, let's try it. So what we're going to do is we are going to ask you listeners to recommend playlist for us moving forward. So you have two weeks from today, which is... I don't know. What's 14 days from today? <laughs> Why are you saying two weeks? You don't even know what today is. And are you committing us to recording another podcast in two weeks? Because yes. we tried that a long time ago and it didn't work. No, we did really well last season until the season ended. I, I might have wanted to murder both of you, but all right. Both of we, us? We can, no, just keep. Um, we can try. Okay, so today is April 8th. Yes. So two weeks from today is April 22nd. Okay, Which so we will not be recording a podcast because Charles and I will be at a music festival. Okay, so you have three weeks. The 29th. The 29th. Okay. So on April April 29th is your last day for submission. And we whoever we pick to be the playlist picker is going <laughs> to be able to be able to submit their own five songs. And they're going to get some kind of prize. Keith, can't you just text the two people that listen to the podcast and ask them <laughs> if they want to have them I know for a fact we have at least 40 consistent listeners. Yeah, no, it's surprising, actually. Like, people at work say, why haven't you made a podcast lately? And stuff like that. I don't, I'm not making fun of anyone at work, but it's just I'm always more shocked that, holy shit, somebody you listen to this? I like the great branding and marketing. They will be called the Playlist for the playlist picker. Okay, I didn't put a lot. I did not put a lot of thought into that. I will own yeah. that. No, it should be play the double P's playlist pickers. So I think that's something we could do and would be fun. And also, but you got to tell them what they have to do. So, like, what are you saying? How you are they going to contact? You they, want them to suggest a theme for the playlist and songs? Is that what they have to they, do? They can select a theme, and if they are selected, we will reach out to them for their five songs. And I can tell you, you can reach out to us several different ways. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us at beardedbrospodcast at gmail.com. And you can put whatever constraints you want. If you want to make them arbitrarily difficult, that's cool. Uh, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, That sounds great. Yeah, because one one less thing for me to pick to identify at the end of the podcast. Yeah, but you'll have to do the work if it's something difficult. Yeah, it's okay. Could be like winter songs that are about the summer. (laughs) That would be a good (laughs) challenge. All right, guys. Well, who's ready for their next beer? I still have half a beer. I'm working on it, though. I'm a repeater tonight. I'm just drinking my uh, solar eyes. Sticking to that. I'll have another one in a minute. Keith, you go for it. All right. Um, I'm trying to talk over me opening up my cooler so you can't hear it. You know, kind of defeats the purpose of hiding a cooler if you're going to tell us. And then take a big pause afterwards. Yeah, you could have just opened the <laughs> cooler. Lean like, over. I opened the cooler. New sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his fly? Put your pants back on, buddy. <laughs> All right, so this is a brand new beer um, from a brewery that I want to go visit. It just became available up here in Nashville. It's from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it is another West Coast IPA, and it's called 100 Day IPA. So I'm wondering if they let it ferment for 100 days or what, but we're going to give it a try. While you're doing that, I have a Chattanooga story. 
Really? Well, not really. I've never been to Chattanooga. But we, <laughs> we, my wife and I had our a date night last weekend, and we got a hotel, like a hotel room in Toledo. Um, and they have because they have a cool pool, and it's just a cool little kind of like old school hotel. And this guy was in the pool. Like Lord and I got a drink. We're waiting for it. Charles and Trace were going to meet us at Barrow, so we went to the pool. We're sitting there. We had a cocktail, and there was this big old dude in the pool, right, D- having a drink. He takes his cup his plastic cup, throws it at this woman who was laying out next to the pool, which apparently was his wife, like mm-hmm. throws his empties at her. And I see that draws attention to the fact that there's a pile of empties. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's just like chilling in the pool, drinking and throwing his cups at his wife, who is ignoring him entirely. Classy. And since his wife wouldn't talk to him, he started talking to us. Oh, and guess where he was from? Chattanooga. He was from Chattanooga. He was originally from Georgia. He was a nice gentleman, I guess. Um, but the conversation very quickly turned into how many Californians are Californians are moving oh, here and we're in oh. Texas. And so we had to, yeah, we, we, we exited after a minute, but it was kind of funny. Like when he just chucked his cup at his wife, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> That's how I do it in Chattanooga. So Tennessee only has a few liberal counties. Chattanooga sits in a liberal county, Nashville and Memphis. That's pretty much it. So he would be the outlier in Chattanooga. Well, he did make it very clear that he does not live in Chattanooga. He lives, he said some neighborhood that he said is in the hill overlooking it or the overlook or... Signal Mountain? Did he say Signal Mountain is what he said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some rednecks up on Signal Mountain. There's a house that looks like a UFO on oh, yeah. Signal Mountain. That doesn't sound very rednecky to me. No, it's actually really cool and I've wanted to purchase it. And he was he was nice, other than the fact that he just throws his empty cups at his wife. <laughs> it might be an ongoing joke. Who totally ignored him, which yeah. is kind of the coolest part about it anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, Wanderlinger, uh, I like their slogan, which is Wander On, Linger Often. That sounds like something, Charles, you would be all about. Wandering and lingering? Yeah. Yeah. So this this is one of the better West Coast IPAs I've had in the last couple of years. It's actually pretty clear. The flavor is piney. And resinous. Resinous. Oh. Not so much resinous, but there there is a little bit of grapefruit in there. So you have a little bit of that like citrus punch to it. I, I like it a lot. So do you I'm like going, it more than the last one, Keith? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, well, you, you, you gave it a perfect score. You gave it a perfect score, Keith. So now I don't know if I can trust your rating system. Well, well, here's what I'm going to do. No, no, you can't go above. There's no yeah. Above otherwise, you're just dogging on the Catahoula Mountains or whatever you said. No, no, like, no, no. no. Those on. aren't as good as what. You're Hold on, doing. Stephen. You'll appreciate this. I'm going to give this seven out of five ping pong balls in a cup that you're holding. Still with improper fact fractions. Yeah. 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 But I, and I found out that that's a win everywhere else. That's a fucking win. So Steven, we dominated the night. Oh, we totally dominated the night. For the listeners, Keith is referring to earlier. I referenced the last night when people come visit and everybody gets a little bit too drunk. So they leave their beer the next day. We played beer pong until like four in the morning. Made my wife really not mad, but not happy. She never yelled at us. She, she, uh, was very friendly when she came. Well, down she the came. First time. Yeah, well, she came down. Yeah, yeah very happy. Yeah. But that was before we started playing beer pong, and mm-hmm. also before it was four in the morning. But I feel like I deserve this because I live 
I'm surrounded by college kids, yeah. you know, and they play beer pong until four in the morning sometimes, and I have to deal with that shit. So I feel like we were justified. Yeah, and it's very rare that I call it a night. Like, guys, we really need to, like, call it yeah. a fucking night. But I did. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was fun. fun. All right, guys, so it's time to move on to our entertainment section of the night. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you were here? Who wants to start with entertainment? Oh, I got a great one. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I, I just recommended this show to my son, who's uh, learning Japanese right now. But it's called Tokyo Vice. And it's got that Ainsel, Ainsworth, what's his name? Ainsel Adams? No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's just some guy taking pictures of mountains. <laughs> yeah. No, and he's then, kind of a... random, like, Tokyo kids with, like... Hondas. Yeah, he's he was in Faulkner <laughs> Stars. He's uh, kind of a young hunk. A lot of the yeah, younger people not, like not him. Not up on the latest. Yeah, Angel something. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's just this, it's kind of based on some memoirs of a guy who like moves to Tokyo and then joins like the largest paper in Tokyo. And meanwhile, he to do that, he has to learn Japanese and learn how to write Japanese and learn the culture and everything. And then he uh, he takes like the exam and he forgets to do the last page, but still his scores are off the chart. And so it's just talking about him like dealing with like uh, uh, racism in Japan in Japan, which is really bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize how bad it is. They don't like anybody from the outside, and they just are evil to anybody and uh he pulls his that, own it's, yeah. i was just gonna say it kind of reminds me of that episode of anthony bourdain where he went to japan and like in tokyo people were pushing him out of restaurants because they were like no americans can come in here yeah but uh it's it's a really good show um i can't tell if there's anything original about it except that it's in tokyo because it's tokyo vice right it's he's you know it's, he's exploring like the criminal underworld of tokyo and things like that but it's just so exotic that it's really awesome. Like just your scenery and just the experiences you go through his little house with the little, you know, the matted floors and stuff. I don't know. I really dig it. I'm really enjoying it a lot. So that's what I got. Awesome. See it? What you got? God damn it. I don't. I can, I, have I, like, can go, I can go I and let you think about I it. I could talk about Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm actually really excited about this. Have y'all seen, um, and I just got turned on to this a couple weeks ago from uh, Friends of the Podcast, Trip and Nick, The Righteous Gemstones. Have uh, y'all guys watched this? Yes, and but I do think that Nick's new nickname should be Trip and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So I started watching this after they had recommended it, and it has quickly become one of my favorite shows I think I've ever watched. Um, It's hilarious. You know how anti-religion I am, so it makes me laugh even more. Um, The character Keith on the show just absolutely cracks my ass up. Are y'all even paying attention, or y'all got something else going on? Yes, we're listening to you. Go ahead. I think you already talked about him, though. Did, no, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Sorry, Charles is trying to help me with narrowing. Well, uh, I, he's he's researching what his entertainment is going to be, and before he ever types anything into the toolbar, you know how that little thing pops down. I was on YouTube. It's it says Yacht Rock episode one <laughs> before he ever types anything. <laughs> so, which is about as far as I got. I yeah. I, I did watch episode two. I think I don't think I made it past that. Go, sorry, Keith. We are listening. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So, righteous gemstones funniest shit like i i love the fact that they just completely shit on the like giant 
corporations that are fucking religious preachers and shit. Um, and like the episode that just grabbed me was when you you guys have seen it, correct? I haven't. I have seen it. Yes. The episode where Keith walks by the Satanist and they're like, Keith, where you been? We heard you got all religious. He's like, no, not me. I just really got, I got a homebrew kit and it's really time consuming. And then it's pretty funny. And like two minutes later, they're like, are you sure you can't come? He's like, no, like hops and barley. It takes time, man. Like, I was all lit at that point, but the the show is just so damn funny. Um, I'm a huge fan, and that is my recommendation. If you haven't seen it, totally see it. Shout out to Trip and Nick for raving about it for me to sit down and watch it. What's it on? HBO. Yeah, I I like it. I mean, if you like Danny McBride and like that type of comedy, you're gonna like it. It's I feel like it kind of falls apart at the end a little bit, but I don't really care because they have to end it somehow. It doesn't really matter. You know, you've been on the Danny McBride train long enough. So I thought it was really funny though. Yeah. And the one episode where, again, I'm not trying to give anything away, but where the van ends up back at the house and Keith walks out eating like the Kraft cheese and he's like, bruh, that shirt's not as long as you think it is. (laughs) And somebody yells, mushroom tip. (laughs) Cracked me up. There's a lot of penis in this show. There's a lot of penis in this show, just so you're aware. All right, right. Stephen. So I guess I have I have I talked about this? Maybe I don't think that I have. I think it was just to you because we haven't done a podcast in like four months. All right. And I don't think I've known about this. Okay. Okay. Keith, have I talked about K Strass, the yo yo guy? You talked to me and Nick about this. Yes. Not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. No. So Little YouTube gem for the listeners. Go to YouTube and just type in K-S-T-R-A-S-S, which is K-Strass. Or you can just type in like Yo-Yo Guy News and you'll find it. But long story short, if you're a fan of The Office and you remember the guy that worked in the warehouse that was, what was his name? Oh, I can't remember the name of The Office. Or you're a fan of... Uh, what we what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows he plays the energy vampire yeah Um, colin 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 robertson colin robertson right so if you're a fan of that guy which i think everybody that kind of sees him is a kind of a fan of him because he's pretty damn funny oh he's great so you, you need to hear the story of how he got his start right so he was kind of a comedian but he was doing other stuff nobody knew who he was he wasn't making any money wasn't on any tv shows or anything like that and he and one of his friends started calling local news networks in the Midwest. So in Wisconsin, in Iowa, Minnesota, stuff like that. And they would get them to let him come on as a yo-yo expert who was going around to schools doing some kind of yo-yo program for youth, right? It, it is the best trolling of a local news channel that I've ever seen. He plays basically Colin Robertson with a yo-yo. And <laughs> a weird outfit. It, they're so funny. It, it's super weird outfits. Yeah. yeah. And they totally buy it and they kept buying it. And the way that he got discovered for the office is somebody saw these and called him because they knew that they realized that it was a joke. Yeah, they it was like, sure. Yeah, and that's how he got called onto the office. Um, but just super funny. So imagine like, you know, the local news anchors are standing there with this yo-yo guy wearing like suspenders and green shorts that are pulled up too high. And they're talking about him, how he go, has to 
how he goes to schools to do his yo-yo program. But then he starts telling the story about how hard it is to get into schools because they started doing background checks. <laughs> and then when he, you know, when he goes to do his yo-yo tricks, he realizes like he forgot the string. Yeah. So he's like, well, you're just going to have to imagine. Let me describe what the trick looks like. <laughs> it's so funny. When so, you showed this, it was the funniest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, there's ones where he actually does have a yo-yo and a string and he like hits people in the head and hits himself and stuff like that. So I highly recommend it. It doesn't take very long. There's not a ton of them, but there's enough to where it's funny. And uh, I don't know. And I love what we do in the shadows in Colin Robinson and he was funny in the office too. So why not? He's also on, an, he's plays in one episode so far of another show called The Great North which is the new Fox cartoon that comes on. They were in season two. I'm a huge fan of it. Nick Offerman stars, but I'm pretty sure he just plays the same person. In everything. Everything. He's got a character. He's a character actor. Why not? It's like, do you want to see freaking Kramer do anything other than Kramer? Like, I don't. I mean, he just gets racist when he tries. Yeah. All right. Well, after that, we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be back in just a moment with our esoteric topic. So we'll see you just after the break. want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Do you want to help grow something organically? Then come join Rogue Chant Supporters Club, the newest and greatest supporters club for Nashville SC, where Rogue Chants believes in the organic growth of chants and songs. They believe that the overdone songs that are heard in every other stadium do not belong in the heart of Music City. So come sing with us and join us at our tailgates in Lot 8. Rogue Chance, you can follow us at Rogue Chance on Twitter. Rogue Chance Nashville on Facebook. You can check out the website at RogueChance.com and Rogue Chance on Instagram. So come be a part of something bigger than yourself. Grow something organically. And most importantly, be loud. Be proud. Keep the tempo. All right. Welcome back after the break. We were just talking about soccer matches and the fact that there's a little bit of a rivalry this year since Nashville has moved to the West for one season. We'll be back in the East next season. I bet they can't wait so they can stop being middle of the table. Right. Yeah. Oh, you mean the team that hasn't played a single home game and will not until May 1st? Austin was in the same boat last year. year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and where did Austin finish? Yeah, good luck to y'all. Like, very bottom. Yeah, yeah. Not well, as bad as Cincinnati. We're 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 a mid-table team with a elongated road trip, and then we get to play at home. Yeah. So what good. we what we were talking about is our home and away match, which means 
you guys coming to Nashville for a match and us coming to Austin for a match two weeks apart. Yeah, I I, I was not optimistic about his date for the go to Nashville since the school year starts then, but uh, you never know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, but it sounds like it's a for sure thing that Nashville is coming to Austin. Oh, yeah. The game, the game is well, scheduled. I mean, Keith, Keith, Keith and crew. The Nashville crew? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No, we should, I'm sure we could figure something out. My, Nick. my whole thing, though, is I don't... I know you guys want to sit in the supporter section in, in Nashville. Again, well, we have that's, to. That's, that's where our tickets are. Right. That's where your season tickets are. And I know that they don't let other people in. Same thing in Austin. But, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't mean we, we can't sit close and just be annoying as hell. Right. Because yeah. it's a little... You just do one section over, you're good to go. Like, yeah. it's very obvious what section it is. So... We'll see. We got to figure this out. But yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, long story short, soccer's fun. And the Premier League right now is really good. Mark your calendars for the North London Derby because that's going to decide fourth place. I'm calling it right now. Whoever okay. wins that match is going to get that fourth That is going to be a good one at this time. All right. So why don't, why don't we talk about this fucking Sunday where the league could come down to this match? Well, I mean, Liverpool you could talk about versus that. Man City. Because you already talk about that with all your friends that care about Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking, you're right. no, you're right. It could be that it, this Sunday is very important for Liverpool and Man City fans. So, Stephen, let me ask you a quick question: Is a Liverpool flag still flying on your flagpole? No, it's empty right now. It's, it's empty. He's yeah. lost hope. How, how long did I... it take? How long did it take you to take it down? Well, I, I thought if I just left it up until you left, you would be like, God damn it, he didn't take it down. So now I got to go get it. But you left it here. So I took it down like the next day. And burned it. I didn't burn it. I don't know where it is. It's not it, true it, that you took it down the next sense, day because I asked Nathan on like Thursday if it was still up and he said yes. Well, whenever like that extended festivities ended, which was like Nathan came home and stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever, right. whenever I got back to normal, I took it down. Which Keith, I don't hate Liverpool. I'm not. A, I wouldn't be embarrassed at having a Liverpool flag. Um, I don't hate Liverpool. In fact, either. it's like hanging up downstairs with all my other flags. So, oh, okay. I so don't know for, what I'll ever do with it, but so for our listeners, we always try to prank each other when, like, we're all together. And first of all, taking down your flag. How the hell do you wrap that string? around your flagpole it took me 45 minutes to undo the string on your flagpole it's like the uh what's what's the knot the the greek knot the oh well, yeah the the one that uh, he couldn't cut yeah he had, he had I, to cut i would right. remember this if it wasn't like two beers ago um god now who was the dude the king the king the ultra i think achilles cut it yeah no not achilles he's a king uh Okay, Keith. Yeah, move on, Keith. Move us on. Uh, okay, so beer alert, beer alert, beer alert. No, there's no, there's. Hold on, I know Stephen's pouring a beer. I'm about to get one myself because I'm done. But my point is, it took me 45 fucking minutes to untie. Well, you're lucky that I sleep in when Keith comes to visit. Well, it's also even when we stay up till four o'clock in the morning, I'm usually up like no later than seven thirty. Keith, I apologize if my knots are too hard to untie. I don't know what to do with this. All right, Stephen, what are you drinking? All right. So yet another uh, thanks to Nick, I think. Apparently the first one wasn't, but I'm guessing this one. This is from 512 Brewing, which is in Austin. And it's a Hellas lager, a Munich-style lager. It's another Hellas. That would be yeah, great. It's another so Hellas. You can compare it to so I can compare it. 
The last one was good. It was very, very neutral. This one is much more like yellowish in color. Definitely smells more smelly. Mm -hmm. Lagery. Yeah. Better head. This one's good. That's very tasty. It's uh, it's crisp, but it has a little bit of like breadiness, I think. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, funky in any sort of way. Mm -hmm. Just a very nice, delicious beer. Courtesy of Nick. Thanks, Nick. Trippin' Nick. That's what we call him. <laughs> I give this, uh, hmm, what would I give this? Uh, I'm going to give it three out of three lagers that I've had today. This is the best one. Nice. Awesome. That's a lager, right? I think so. Yeah. Modelo is a lager. Yeah. Right? Just calling, yeah. yeah. It's a Mexican lager. Yeah. Yeah. Three out of three. Yeah. All right. So Crazy I'm going to jump this one I found yesterday. Actually, Jamie found this and. I want to give a shout out to Ned, who surprised me. He brought me a six pack of, let me go back just a step here before I go into the story. Um, on my birthday, uh, I haven't got to talk to you guys about this at all. So on my birthday, Ned goes, hey, I'm going to come pick you up. And then me, you, Jamie, and Tandra are going to go do something here in a little bit. But do you want to go to a brewery or something beforehand? I was like, sure. So he shows up with a six pack of Dell's double and gives me a gift card to the local beer shop that we always go to. And I don't pay like, oh, thanks. This will come back around here in a minute. But we go go to a couple of breweries, have a couple of beers. And I go for a second beer at the second brewery we go to. And they're like, don't you want to go? And I'm like, we've only had one fucking beer. Like, let me finish this beer. And so I get a second beer and then we leave and we get home and the garage door opens and there's like 40 fucking people in my garage to throw me a 40th birthday bash. And it's all Yacht Rock themed. Everybody's wearing like <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, their Yacht Rock shit all over the house. Um, I had some friends from Georgia that came up for, for it which I thought was really cool. Um, but that that was a lot of fun. So shout out to Jamie. Shout out to Ned, Nick. Nick came out with us to like throw me off the scent that I was having a surprise party. Um, and then everybody that came, fucking awesome. Um, but I took that gift card last night over to Providence and was like, oh, let me see what's on this card. I expect it to be like 10, maybe 20 bucks. No, Ned got me a $50 gift card to Providence. So I grabbed a card, went to the beer section, and this beer kind of put us over the $50 mark, but me and Jamie both saw it and... Jamie saw it first and she pointed it out. And I'm like, well, if you want to get it, we'll get it. Um, it's from Southern Grist, which we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit. And this is a blueberry cobbler muffin oh, melted <laughs> snow cone. Oh, my God. That's way too many nouns, uh, desserts, <laughs> food types. Oh, my God. The color on this. Is there whipped cream coming out of it? Yeah. That's, that's the beer. Huh. Sm smells really good. Yeah, yeah, it smells delicious. Oh, there we go. We got him back. We we had lo we've lost audio or video for like the past five minutes. So, oh, sorry. It, it, it looks great, Keith. <laughs> can Can you see it now? now yeah, now it. we can see it. Yeah. yeah All right. Deep, yeah, dark, I, is that a uh, is that a gummy bear floating in it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. Oh my God, it's thick at the bottom. So there's actual resonant. like 
It's got marshmallows dissolved in it. It's got like real blueberries in this shit. Um, That's a real fucking blueberry. Yeah, it looks like there's chunks on the top of the can. Yeah. Um, It's fucking delicious. Uh, Oh, shit. So you said that put you over the top. How much was a... Did you buy a can or a four-pack or what? We bought a four-pack and it was $20 for the four-pack. So this is a smoothie-style Sour L, brewed with lactose, cinnamon, vanilla, and blueberry puree. It's that's, a, that oh, sounds I, pretty. Good. I could probably do it without the cinnamon and vanilla. Maybe it depends. You, it depends. Yeah. yeah. You don't uh, really get a lot of the cinnamon. It's just it kind of tastes like a blueberry fucking muffin. So I did not. I I just read this. I should have read it before I opened it. Gently roll before opening. Oops. But. This is fucking amazing, and I'm going to give this two out of one blueberry picking seasons. All right. So imagine like blueberries going like usually pick them in the summer, but you find some in the fall. That's how good this is. And Charles, yeah. you could talk about blueberries, like fresh yeah, blueberries. I'm sure on I've a, shared that story before, but it's a good story though. Yeah. Uh, Charles likes blueberries, fan. Mm-hmm. No, that was the thing. I, that was my holy grail on the Appalachian Trail was yeah. to find wild blueberries. I did find them in a park <laughs> and had uh, some tortilla, peanut butter, blueberry. Oh, that's right. It was a tortilla. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was peanut butter involved. And yeah. there, and there was some random like runner that walked up to or ran up to you and ran in place and was like, "Hey, man, some blueberries over there." I know. And I was like sitting right next to that bush. I was like using the charger at this at this uh, bathroom uh, and, you know, probably took a little hobo shower or whatever. And I was just sitting there right next to the bush and I would have walked right past it. So it makes me wonder how, how many blueberry bushes you walked past. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. He's like, just jogging in place. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just jogging the place all the time. Hey man, you like blueberries? Yeah. Oh hey, there's someone there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Um I, I would like to make a little announcement to Steven right here. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh we both put in for tickets yeah. to um Fuck me. This yeah. is gonna happen. Um, I can't remember who it was, but yeah. Uh, Mark our Did you win? Yeah, I won. You wanna go Monday, Monday night. Is it Monday night? I yeah. can probably go. Um Dang, I can't even remember her name, and I'm a huge fan. Arlo Parks. Yeah, Arlo Parks. What? Uh, yeah, for the taping, ACL taping. Uh, hopefully nothing's on your schedule for Monday night. I don't uh, have an email. I didn't win. Yeah, I won. I got two tickets. Fuck, Stephen, Charles, I will jump on a flight Sunday, and I'll be there Monday. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you have to fight Stephen for it. I mean, Keys, if you want to come and go, and pay, that's up to you, man. Go for it. But I, I, think pretty, Jay, I think Jamie would murder me. So probably. that sounds awesome. Yeah. So it's been a long time since we've gone to one of those. It has been a long time, and I'm a huge fan of hers. So like, and I don't even this. It showed up in my news feed. The announcement for the tickets, like that, doesn't ever happen. It just seemed like it was meant to be. So yeah. like, I didn't have to hunt it down or anything. So you sh- you sure I get to go? You're not still yeah. mad at me about the Maggie Rogers one? I am a little upset about that one, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, I mean that that was I I you know I just get my shit out and we move on. That's okay. what men do, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, no, I think it'd be a lot. Of fun I think we should totally do that. I'm just yeah. curious. Like I put my name in for probably a hundred ACL shows and never got selected, but it seems like Charles gets selected for every 
fucking other one. It, it does seem like I do get a lot. Um, but you enter a lot. I do enter a lot. Yeah. Um, I used to have the little app that would just facilitate it all. Um, but I think there was like a, about a thousand people that requested. But I mean, probably half of those got in. So yeah. It's just like a coin flip, I guess. And the cool thing about it is even if you don't get tickets, even if you don't win tickets, you can just show up. Yeah. And you're like, I if mean. If you're dedicated, you if you show yeah. up early enough, you're going to get in. Yeah. And I think we just never really realized how many people get in because we always, if you win tickets, you tend to go to the floor. So you don't really, you ignore everything else. But if like when we went once, we did have to actually sit in seats because we got there a little late. And then you realize how many people they let in. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much everybody. If just for us, it's, it's an investment. You got to go down to Austin and stuff yeah. to yeah. not be able to get in. Yeah, that would be nice. I hate the fact that we didn't go when there was a show that I really wanted to go see. And Charles, you're like, we can go stand outside. We'll get in. And then we decided not to do it. I regret not doing. Oh, it was was um, Angel Olsen. Oh, yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's awesome. I'm glad you guys get to go see Arlo Parks. I'm a little jealous. I mean, but you're you're winning tickets left and right, too. Who'd you just win tickets to? I won. I didn't get to go. Um, you sent me a video from the concert. Oh no no no! Before that, that same day, I had won tickets to go see um, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Oh, I thought it was the same. I thought so. Hold on, game. hold on. We won tickets to go see Ray Wiley Hubbard, but Jamie was flying in at the same time as that Ray Wiley Hubbard show. But the Ray Wiley Hubbard show, there were only going to be twenty people at that show. What? And yeah, I really wanted to go, but That's I weird. also really wanted to see my wife after not seeing her for a week. Was that so like just, why twenty people? Was it like Bluebird Cafe well, type thing or something? It, it, it's similar. It, it's similar. It's the Sirius XM Music Theater. Oh. It's specifically for Sirius XM to do like yeah. Um, so, but I would rather see my wife than Ray Wiley Hubbard and she had been gone for a week. So I decided to go pick her up at the airport instead. You definitely Um, made the right call. So, but the funny thing is, is that night we're hanging out with Nick over at Monday night brewing and we're getting ready to leave. Like, we're like, okay, this is our last beer. We need to go close out. And Nick goes, uh, wait, guys, I just won four tickets to see Bright Eyes in concert. I'm like, wait, what? He goes, yeah. Like, I'm like, well, when is that concert? He goes, in like 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, how many tickets did you win? He goes, four. Do you guys want to go? And we're like, fuck it. We're going to see Bright Eyes. And I will say, Connor Oberst was both drunk and I think he was on his third eight ball while he performed. <laughs> but oh. it was a great fucking show. Like, he didn't forget any words to anything. Like, the show was great. But you could definitely tell he was not in his right mind. Hmm. I didn't really, he didn't strike me as that kind. Yeah. Um, how many people were there at Monday Night Brewing? <coughs> like, total at Monday Night Brewing? No, yeah. like in your group. Oh, it was just me, Nick, and Jamie. Okay, so, oh, so yeah, nobody out. got left out. Yeah. No, nobody got left out. And um, I mean, it was a sold out show. But the best part was, was when Nick said we only have three because he called in and claimed it's three. They put us front row of the balcony, which the balcony is the place to be anyways. The sound is better. The view is better. But we were front row center stage of the balcony. I sent y'all the video. Where was it? Yeah, it was at the Ryman. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
So it was a killer show. Nice. And the opener, the opener was the bassist for um, Phoebe Bridgers. And he has his own like band and he plays acoustic guitar and he's funny as shit. Like total opposite of Phoebe Bridgers music. Like it sounds like sad old bastard music, but it's just funny as fuck. Yeah. I forget who the artist is now, but I found an artist that refers to Scott Street and Phoebe Bridgers uh, and like how I think it's like a breakup or something like that. And she talks about how she uh, she hates that song now and she hates that she hates that song. It's because it's so popular or what? No, because it was their song and they're, oh, they okay. broke up. It's kind of cool. That that was the song that really turned you on to them, isn't it, Charles? I mean, by far, that's probably like, probably, I mean, it's probably my favorite song. I mean if there's a song that like captures a feeling for me, that's, that's definitely yeah, that's good one. one of them. So, well, I did enter to win tickets again to Bonnaroo this year. So we'll see if that happens. And you'll do the whole camping experience. I think we will do the camping experience if we get them. That'd be a lot of fun. So I wish we had a camper and I wish I knew how to like put windows up on campers. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you, you wish you knew how to operate a zipper? I didn't know so where the for fucking the, for the for the audience. Keith came and vi- visited. We had uh, some extra people visiting our house that weekend, and so Keith and his poor wife were delegated to the camper in the backyard. And it's a pop up camper, and apparently Keith doesn't know how to close windows on a pop up camper, which is literally zipping up the window. I know how to do it, but I couldn't find the fucking window because it was underneath the mattress. Well, they are invisible. The window? Well, windows are invisible. Or the, the little flap to cover the window that well, zips up. I couldn't find it because it was under the mattress. There's no complaints. Like, once I figured it out, I figured it out. It was just, before I figured it out, with the wind blowing, it got a little chilly. I take full responsibility because Stephen said, should I show him how to do that? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would you, you have to show someone how to zip up a freaking zipper? <laughs> now we know. Yeah. All right, guys, so we've had enough time just kind of bullshitting around, but I think it's time we move into our esoteric topic. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to see what this is. All right, guys, so there's a lot going on in the world right now. This is going to be political. It's not so much political as is what would you do to to benefit Ukraine without starting a nuclear war? (laughs) <laughs> okay so it, literally everything is on the table i can do whatever i want except start a nuclear yeah, war yeah. that is correct hmm. me personally like what what will i do what yeah, no what, what 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 do you think is the right like we've put sanctions in now we know that russia has committed war crimes we've seen the images for ourselves what is it that the United States could do that could bring Russia to their knees and exit Ukraine without starting a nuclear war? And remember, Putin is a fucking madman with a fucking tiny dick syndrome that the slightest little thing could probably set off fucking World War Three with nukes. So I'll say that I'm loving the approach. That's a weird thing to say, loving the approach to this war. But like the fact that 
I, I get the feeling that the global community has realized that just going to war isn't the option, right? Yeah. Like we could get in a war with Russia and we could send troops in. Poland could, England could, like all these other countries could, but nobody's doing that. Instead, I think this, the, the best way of doing it is to literally crumble their economy and isolate Russia. So the one thing that I think is missing is that people are still importing Russian oil and gas. And I think that Russia should just be completely cut off in every way, shape or form economically. And and that's going to make our gas prices go up. It's going to make them go up in Europe and stuff. And we need to kind of man up and stop blaming it on stupid bullshit like it's Biden's fault because he's not Trump. Um, and I'm not defending Biden. But you know what I mean? Like we just I think I think that's the solution. Just totally isolate Russia. And then have the patience to wait it out. And of course, send, you know, aid to Ukraine and stuff like that. But don't get sucked into World War Three. How, how do you feel about sending weapons to Ukraine? Like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Charles, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so it's a dumb question. Like, I'm not going to cause a nuclear war. But I, I will say I'm impressed with Ukraine's uh, management of the, the information war. Mm-hmm. I think how, we get we we should all tip our hat to Volodymyr Zelensky. Like yeah. he is just absolutely a comedian that played the role of a comedian that turned president on a teacher. Teacher. Oh, was it a teacher that turned president? Yeah. But he was a. It's a comedy, and then like talk about real life. Yeah, imitating art like that. Here's where we are, and. No, I don't think since Winston Churchill have we seen a leader step up in the case of a war the way we have Volodymyr Zelensky. Yeah, he's definitely good at the information thing. Like he, uh, you know, he came on during the uh, the Grammys. Mm-hmm. That was pretty impressive. I was impressed with that. But what am I going to do? I'm not going to do anything. I'll pay higher gas prices mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, if you want me to, I can listen to a lot more Pussy Riot. I mean, that's what I got. I sent a I sent money to an Airbnb in Kiev. And what they're doing is they're still renting out Airbnbs and the money goes directly to the owner of the Airbnb. You're not staying there because it's probably bombed out and you can't stay there, but they're getting that money. So I've rented a couple of Airbnbs and they're not expensive. It's like $30 an Airbnb. And just send an email saying, hey, I'm not staying, but this money is yours. That's cool. Because <laughs> you know who really probably needs the money is people that have enough money to pay for extra houses to rent them out. Mm-hmm. It's probably Keith, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on your charitable donation, but you know. The other thing I wanted to do was when I found out there was a brewery that was like half of the day they were making Molotov cocktails and the rest of the day they were like bottling beer. They use soap in Molotov cocktails. So I was trying to see if I could Amazon an order of like a case of soap to this brewery, but Amazon wasn't delivering to Kiev at that time. (coughs) I, uh, it's, it seems like I poo-poo a lot on the stuff you say, Keith, and I'm not really trying to do that. But I really struggle with the whole Ukraine thing because they're Europeans. And that's the only reason we really care what's happening yeah. to them. There are lots of other countries that are going through sh- massive shit storms, you know, Yemen, things like that, that we don't give a shit about. 
because they're not light-skinned and they're not part of Western society and things like that. So I just have a little hard time thinking differently about Ukraine compared to some of those other countries. And, you know, we can sanction the shit out of, of Russia, um, but, like, Russia and the Ukraine provide, like, 30% of the world's wheat supply, mm -hmm. and there are going to be countries that are going to be starving because of this, and we're asking them to do the same thing, even though people are going to be starving. I don't know. I just... It just seems like we care when it's somebody more like us than it when it's not. So I, I, I have a hard time really caring that much. War sucks. I don't wish anything bad on anybody. And I don't, I feel really bad that this was a, a society that was modernizing and was, you know, had computer engineers and creators and all kinds of awesome things going on. And that all got shut down. I feel really bad about that because they were segueing into something very similar to my own way of life. So in a way that hurts a little more than the rest, because in Yemen, they w were not. I mean, well, I'm not saying their quality of life was any worse or better. They just, I, I recognize yeah. the good life that I have yeah. and that they were making their way to it. But I just, I can't, I don't have any special feelings about Ukraine compared to anybody else because, you know, there's so many other shit storms going on around the world. I don't understand why Ukraine is so special. Yeah, I, I would like to see this philosophy translated to the next time Russia or the United States or another world power invades what we call a third world country. I'd like to see the same type of response. Well, like, even, even, like a, sanction them then. even like a first world country like, uh, like uh, Taiwan. Yeah. I mean, they're they're very Western. They're mm -hmm. very, they had affluent lives and China has totally squashed that. And we maybe thought a second about it, but we quickly moved on. Well, yeah. But I mean, the big in the big scheme of things, this is being treated fundamentally differently than invading a Middle Eastern country or an African right. nation. Like, it, it's almost well, Chechnya, like, like, I, can't, I can't imagine... Like, I mean, well, I was I think, like pe people I think, in the news right now are saying if, if a, if a state invades another sovereign nation, like that's it. Well, wait a minute. Like where, where's this been for the past 30 years, you know? But again, I'm not poo-pooing on Ukraine or the crisis. Like this is a, this is a big deal. And I'm glad that the world is responding the way that they are. I would encourage the world to respond this way when, you know, the United States invades Iraq. Yeah. And I'm going to throw that out there because of weapons of mass destruction. Well, Russia is saying that they're invading Ukraine because Ukraine is populated by Nazis. Like they, those were both pretty false narratives that, that the world accepted. Well, in, in our case, not so much in this case. But yeah, invading other countries is bad. Yeah, Le war leave is people bad. the fuck alone and, yeah. and don't go to war. And if you do, I, I'm glad that we're not bombing them because that's just going to suck in more people to war completely isolate them and let the Russian people deal with their problems when they are now isolated and their economies in shambles. So one of the things that I, I think we're, I, I completely understand what you're going for here, but when you invade a country like Ukraine that borders NATO countries, that's a little bit different than <laughs> Afghanistan well, no, it's different because of what you're saying, because it borders, it's closer to home in a bunch of ways. It's closer yeah. to home, literally, because it borders NATO countries. It's also closer to home because uh, they look like us and they're- It's a Western you know, lifestyle. But yeah. it, philosophically, Keith, it's no different. Are you okay with people invading and brutalizing other countries as long as they're far away from you? No. You, so you, that, you that's, that's the point. This. I know. No, that, but that's the point Charles and I are making, is that- 
it's it's pretty hypocritical the way we're reacting. And this is not to be taken in any way as like pro Russia because fuck right. Like, no, no, like, it's not bad. It's like not I think good. like yeah. Charles and I are both very happy with this response. The question is why is this a response in this case? But it isn't a response in all the other cases where it's not bordering a NATO country. That's a fair point. And I would say I, I feel like Joe Biden and not, not, praising Joe Biden, but I feel like he's done a good job with this, realizing we're not putting people in the line of fire anymore. We've done enough of that. Well, I think give Biden credit on that. I would say that has to do because of the nuclear threat. I I think we just don't want to stir that that hornet's nest. Like we're we're willing to do that in other cases, but Russia's got the big guns Mm -hmm. that we don't want to deal with. Um, Yeah, I, I just... It's it sucks. I, I'm happy for Ukraine. I'm happy for the way that they they've controlled the flow of information. All the romantic stories that are coming out of like an awful situation. Um, they've been doing some messed up shit too. But it, I'm it's sure, war. So I'm sure it's war. Everybody's been doing messed up shit. But they're controlling the information flow, right. yeah. and they're affecting the Russian people, mm-hmm. which is very impressive. Um, Hold on, Stephen. I'm I'm a little curious because I'm. I'm not familiar because I don't get to listen to NPR every day, all day, like I used to. What what has Ukraine done that's fucked up? Because I feel like we should know this. Well, you know, people like to complain about the media and, you know, what they call left-leaning media and stuff like that. But if you, you know, if you, if you go to reputable media sources, like, for example, the New York Times, the New York Times last week had had stories about both the atrocities that the Russian soldiers were committing when they left, can't remember the name of that town. But then the next day, they also had stories where there is evidence that Ukrainian soldiers were executing Russian soldiers. So, you know, it's war and and it's, 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 it's effed up. And I'm not equating, I'm not a judge in this situation. You know what I'm saying? When you go to war, crazy things are going to happen on both sides. I'm not standing up for, Russia's definitely the aggressor in this situation. (laughs) If I was a Ukrainian soldier and there were Russian soldiers in my town, I don't know what I would do. You know what I mean? Um, Now, I can tell you that I wouldn't be executing civilians when I left a town that I invaded. Like, there's a very big difference there. Especially when their hands were tied behind their backs. Well, and the the Russian soldiers, apparently their hands were tied too and they were executed. Um, So it's war and and crazy shit is going to happen. And that doesn't mean that we throw our arms up and say, I guess Putin's right or I have to like pick a side, you know or like be drastic about anything. Crazy things are going to happen during a war. That's why we should avoid them. So I will tell you, like one of the things that we're trained on when we're in the military is the Geneva convention, Mm -hmm. you know, every single law of war before you enter into a war zone, you have to know this. Like I knew it before I left basic training, everything that we could and could not do. But you also, it's also probably the most chaotic situation you'll ever experience in your life. And, oh, 100%. You know, but you and, also... And people can get away with whatever they want in those situations. But, but there are certain things you can't get away with. Executing a prisoner is not something you can get away with. I guarantee you that plenty of people have gotten away with it in the past. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they have, but yeah, it's not... That's, a, that's it, what it, I mean by you can get away. I'm not saying you should try to. I'm saying that I guarantee that there's plenty of prisoners being executed in every war by every every side. Well, yeah. and, you know, I'm going to speak about something I know nothing about because I've never served. But Americans often are in these conflict issues where it's not personal. Mm-hmm. 
like Ukrainians are fighting for their homeland and they know things that have been done personally to them, their families, things like that. Like it would be really hard to hold back mm-hmm. in that kind of situation. Yeah. No, I, I, you know I, I mean? agree. Yeah. So like fuck Geneva conventions, you know, like yeah. this, this, this is real, you know? So I can understand. I mean, could you imagine being a Ukrainian soldier and knowing that that particular Russian soldier raped a 14 year old girl or killed somebody with their hands tied behind their back. Like you, if you had witnessed that, you would probably do the same damn thing, tie their hands behind their back and execute them. And I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying that it's okay, but it's at some point you have to have some empathy for that. If that is the case. I mean, I don't, I've never been in that situation. I don't ever want to be, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm going to be, we don't know all the details. Long story short, it's a war and crazy bullshit, horrific things are going to happen on both sides. Russia is definitely the aggressor in this situation. So they are at fault in my opinion. Um, you were talking about Biden. Like I am pleased that we are, we have someone in office that has a lot of foreign policy experience. And so far we've managed to avoid getting dragged into the war and we seem to have at least played a part in organizing the rest of the global community against Russia. So I I think he's doing a good job with that. I think we can all state that like we support Ukraine, Mm -hmm. Russia is the aggressor, and the fact that we haven't entered into nuclear warfare already is a positive step forward. And I think we are sympathetic to the Ukrainian people and watching, you know, Russia pull out of Kiev and like Ukraine is, I'm not going to say they're winning this because they're outnumbered and outgunned, but they sure are making a fucking statement during it. Yeah, I think, I think when somebody's defending their homeland, I don't really think the guns or the numbers even really matter. You know, it's a, it's a resoluteness to not accepting that situation. You're never, I mean, if you think, if you think about the, like the Island off of Odessa, where the Russians were like, surrender your weapons. And they said, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And then were immediately bombed. And you think about like the women and there was a woman who gave seeds to a Ukrainian or not Ukrainian, a Russian soldier and said, please put these in your pocket. So when you're dead, you can grow flowers. Like the, the Ukrainian people are just badass. Like one woman knocked out a fucking drone with a like mason jar of fermented tomatoes. Like how badass is that? Pretty cool. It's pretty badass. Unfortunately, a lot of people are dying. Yeah. And it's a war. No, I, mean, I agree. They are doing a good job with the media and stuff like that. And I don't fault them for that. It's just frustrating. It's it's almost like, why didn't we recognize that um, Vladimir Putin was an asshole when he's been a troll for the past 30 years? You know? And yeah. this is, well, this I mean, and in, in not to turn this political, but if we look back... Like Obama said that he was a fucking piece of shit. Bush said he was a piece of shit. Trump was in bed with him. And now we have Biden who's like looked into his eyes and saw the KGB. Like, I I think the last four years prior to Biden kind of gave him a little bit of leeway to do what he's doing now because we didn't do anything when he invaded Crimea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not defending Trump, but that didn't happen when Trump was president. That happened. No, it was, it was under Obama. Yeah. yeah. 
you're you're absolutely no right. i i will say that trump definitely was like this guy's awesome and was very vocal about how much he freaking liked him and how awesome he thought he was and a lot of our you know neighbors and politicians and stuff like that said the same thing and they don't seem to be necessarily changing their opinion they just seem to be hiding it you know one of the things that uh, really str- i don't know who said it but they said like not to judge a country by their leaders you know yeah i think uh, that goes so far well but but the, like you know ukraine was this country on the verge of and was almost was pr- practically there but russia <laughs> also was on the verge and practically there and i feel kind of bad for the russian people at all the things i don't feel bad about like starbucks leaving or whatever but like they're using like automated pay systems like apple pay and things like that all that's shut down and everything like that like they didn't have any hand at all in this decision and yet they're suffering the price for it too so i think it's great and i don't want to see anybody suffer but if you want to see a government topple affect the people yeah I, I agree that's a good political move. It's not, there's not a lot of justice in that move. Well, right. Especially, it's, yeah. it's interesting for Americans to say that right now when there's close to 50% of our population that would like to literally overthrow the government because they think they're freaking pizza shop pedophiles and all kinds of bullshit. Like, you're right. I, but but I, I, do, I do agree, though, that the Russian people aren't necessarily at fault, but at the end of the day, they are the only ones that can fix this problem. Correct. And if, like, imagine if sanctions were put on us and it was to the, like, I, I don't know what we would do if it was, I, yeah, this is a tough question because like, we know that Putin has like one election because he's poisoned the people that were running against him. We, we know that people are afraid to vote against Putin because they might show up at their house and end up in jail. We know this is a fact. We don't have to worry about that here in the United States. But if we did and we were sanctioned, would we stand up as a people and say, this is not what we stand for? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, that's a tough question. It all depends on the level of prosperity. Like the reason that Putin has survived is that he has, he has brought prosperity you know whether it came happenstance because he, when he was in office or, or or not but they people remember what it was like before and they know what it's like now and it's good and when you give it a little you give people a little piece of that pie you know they like it and they're like okay i maybe don't agree with everything that's going on but my life is better so i can i can handle it and that definitely is happening in russia where i mean there's widespread prosperity throughout russia i mean if it's not broke don't fix it as far as our own lives go. And in America, it's even worse, you know? Yeah, I, I get you. It's like, it's broke, but we're not going to fix it. Yeah, but like, what's broke? Like, what do you, what's, yeah, I'm confused. Capitalism no, I'm, is broke. It, the, yeah, the fact basically, that, if we get a piece of the pie. Well, so capitalism works great for a lot of things. It just capitalism works great for a lot of things until the top 1% own 90% of everything. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sticking up for capitalism, Keith, but, but, but at the we, same our time, lives are good. Yeah, it does bring a lot of prosperity to the country. Are a lot of people suffering? Yes. I'm this is this is gonna go down a rabbit hole of like all kinds of things, which I, I think we're all in agreement that we all probably would land at the end of the, a long discussion with there's aspects of capitalism are good and there needs to be some level of regulation, some level of social programs to mm-hmm. to balance things out. I think we all agree on that. of humanity would agree on that if they would open their minds up to a rational conversation. Correct. I was just trying to save us the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
can't tell <laughs> you're done. Um, well, you don't jump into capitalism bad because capitalism is what, I mean, has built the most of like, give me, give me a purely communist country that has been successful as well, no, because the reason why, the reason like, why communists, I'm not sticking up for capitalism. I'm just saying we get into this capitalism, bad, everything that's not capitalism is socialism or communism. And it's just a false dichotomy of bullshit. So, so I, I, avoid it. I'm 100% against communism because communism, that's if true. you look at every single country that's communist, the it's corrupt. So like the government gets super rich and the citizens fucking suffer for it. But if you look at socialist countries like Denmark, Finland, Sweden, which you know, have capitalist economies though, that's they have point. capitalist that's what I'm trying economies. to avoid Keith. We all agree on this at the end of the day. So we can like talk about it if we want, but we already agree. No, I, I, I was just bringing my point up. That's all. But um, I feel like we have tackled what we need to tackle tonight. Yeah, we've we've saved the world by, by saving our community. <laughs> yeah, community. You know, nothing made me happier than Nathan saying that to me while I was out there. That's good. I was like, wow, Nathan actually remembered that. So I will say it was also interesting after everybody went to bed that last night, like Nick had already left. We got back late because we took Nick to the airport and took Charles home. But Nathan stood outside with me and had a couple of beers. And like, it's really interesting having a conversation with one of your former students, drinking a couple of beers and just having a conversation. And like, I'm so proud of Nathan. Such a good kid. He is a good kid. Thanks for saying that. So Ethan's Ethan's great too, Charles. Not to not to like leave out Ethan. Like, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> but we like, I heard Ethan talk more while we were out to dinner than I'd ever t- heard Ethan talk before. Yeah. So it seems like he's really grown into himself. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, guys. Well, why don't we go ahead and lead off with our taglines for the night? And Charles, why don't you start us off? Uh, find out what it takes to have a good life and do that thing. I like that. Steven? I don't know. This is tough. I feel like I need to say something profound because of this weird political yeah. war conversation we just had. <laughs> don't kill people. Don't, don't let your ideology interfere with today's conversations. That's pretty good. And I always lead off with, if you change your community, you change the world. But I'm going to lead off with this. Be curious, not judgmental. I like that. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the first episode of Bearded Bros Podcast from Season 3. Remember to follow Rogue Chance, our new sponsor. And we look forward to seeing you at our next podcast, which will be in just a few weeks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Peace out. Adios. I got to pee, bitches. (laughs) 